0: Boy, this is a message that needs to be uh, understood and, and taught, that uh, there is a difference between how God relates to those who are not his children versus those who are his children. And um, we have learned that uh, there is a distinction made between those who are in Christ and those who are not. Uh, all people, everyone has been created by God out of love. God loves us, and he wants us to receive his love, and he wants to. Uh, be loved in return and all are loved all are offered the gift of salvation to be adopted into the family of God God wants to make you his child and it doesn't matter doesn't matter what your past is like or what you uh you know how you do things if you're perfect all the time or if you make mistakes i mean all of us are human and so uh God wants everyone to accept his offer to save you bring you into his family make you his child but not everyone receives this offer do they some people reject that offer, and that's where the distinction is made. And we have to understand this distinction. It's important that we understand this because if, if we're not careful, the enemy will blur the line, and he'll, uh, he'll start making people who don't believe in Jesus feel like everyone's going to heaven because they're good, which is not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches is that none of us are good except Jesus, and we, none of us deserve to go to heaven, and that the only way we get there is that we admit we don't deserve to go to heaven, and we ask Jesus to save us. Come on. All of us are born under the law. All of us are born under this system. The other side of the line, which basically says you've got to earn it yourself. You've got to do good all the time, every day to earn salvation, to earn the blessings of God, to earn eternal life. And if you ever mess up one time, one day in your life. Uh, Then you're doomed and that is a that is a place of fear of punishment of expectation of judgment But to those who have concluded that jesus is the only hope of salvation and they place their life in christ in who he is the son of God who died for our sin, what he's done for us, lived a perfect life, that they are no longer under the law, that Jesus fulfilled that side of the covenant. He brought us into the covenant of grace, right? So you're born again, adopted into the family of God. And under grace, we learned that it is not our works that makes us saved, that our works is a matter of our sanctification or our growth as God's children and the devil wants to blur the line so that you children of God feel like that if you don't do everything right all the time you might not make it to heaven but that's not how grace works grace says you're saved you're in the family of God you're one of his children now that you are Christ will work on you. The Holy Spirit will work on you to grow you into the image of Jesus. But the devil wants you to live in fear. But the Bible says God didn't give us a spirit of fear, right? But a spirit of adoption whereby we know that even when we've done something wrong, the spirit testifies with our spirits that we are the children of God. God is my father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you getting that today? The distinction is important today. We must understand what it's about. Without Jesus, everything is up to you. Not only do you have to save yourself under the law, you have to take care of yourself. You have to provide for yourself. You have to protect yourself. Life is up to you. The burden is on you on the law. And that's not a good place to be. Come on. Sometimes we feel like, man, I got life under control. I know what I'm doing. And and you know how you can really tell when you feel that way is when you start looking at other people who got problems and you start judging them. Well, if they would just do what I do, you know, they wouldn't be having all these problems and stuff. And, and that's when you realize that, you, you know, you're feeling a little uh, arrogant and like you got it all under control. But, you know, there are, then there are other times where life hits us and it's bigger than we are. And suddenly we realize, you know what, I'm not as big and bad as I thought I was. Come on. And that's when we recognize that if it's up to us, we're in trouble. Now, I want to tell you uh, that there are some things about grace and God's love that apply to everybody on both sides of the line. So follow me carefully. The Bible says every good and perfect gift comes from God above. So there are some things that what you could call common grace that are common to all of us. If you've ever laughed at a joke, if you've ever enjoyed a sunrise, if you ever had breath in your nostrils in the morning when you woke up, if if you, if you're alive, if you've enjoyed the love of a a husband or a wife or kids, any of the good things in life that both sinners and saints have experienced are gifts from God and they've been given to mankind and we enjoy them. So even the worst of the worst has enjoyed uh, friendship and fellowship or laughed at a joke or something that you can say, you know what? God is the giver of all good things. And all good things come to him. Also, when you're on the law side of the line, there's occasions where God will give a handout. That's kind of the way I want to put it to you today. You know what I mean? Like uh, you don't really possess all of the inheritance of God, but sometimes God will see your need and he will Bless you, especially if church folk, Christian folk, uh, God's people are praying. Sometimes they, God will give you a handout, but that position is this. It's that it's not really yours, and you're asking someone who has it to give it to you. That's not the same as living on grace. I want you to follow me today, because when we become children of God, and we get on this side of the line, we are heirs of God, co-heirs with Jesus, and everything the Father has belongs to us. Amen. So we don't ask from a position of I don't have. We believe from a position of I've already been given it in Jesus' name. Whoo, that is good stuff. Hallelujah. I want to read some scriptures to you today. Romans 8:16 and 17. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirits that we are children of God. And if children, heirs also, heirs of God, fellow heirs with Christ. Hallelujah. John 16, 15. All things that the Father has are mine. This is Jesus speaking. Therefore, I said that he takes what is mine and he will disclose it to you. 1 Corinthians three twenty-one through 23. So then let no one boast in men... For all things belong to you, whether Paul or Apollo, Cephas uh, or the wor- world or life or death or in things present or things to come. All things belong to you and you belong to Christ and Christ belongs to God. Are you seeing that? The possessions, the things, the blessings come from to you from Christ. Christ belongs to God. Luke fifteen thirty one. This is the prodigal son's father talking to his older brother. And he says to him, son, you have always been with me. And all that I have is yours. Prodigal father. The prodigal's father is a reflection of our heavenly father. And he's wanting you to know that all that I have is yours. Now, we must understand what that means. As children of God, I'm going to talk later about how you can receive the things of God that God has for you from a position of faith. But I want to first share some of the things that we have when we're on the grace side of the line, when we become children of the Father. Number one, we have the Father's protection, and we need it. Let me just read. I'm going to read the whole chapter of Psalms. Can you stick with me for this? Because I'll try to make it animated and good so you feel like you're there, okay? Uh, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Can I go back to verse one? He who dwells, he who dwells over here. Come on. That's what he's saying. It's not for everybody. It's for he who dwells over here in grace in Christ. For it is he who delivers you from the snare of the trapper and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you may seek refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a bulwark. You were not to be afraid of the terror by night or of the arrow that flies by day, of the pestilence that stalks in darkness, or of the destruction that lays waste at noon. Are you getting this? A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not approach you. You will look on with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked for you have made the lord my refuge even the most high your dwelling place and no evil shall befall you i'm getting happy up here i don't know if you are catching it with me nor will any plague come near you for he will give his angels charge concerning you to guard you In all your ways, they will bear you up in their hands that you do not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion, upon the lion and cobra. The young lion and the serpent you will trample down because he he has loved me. Therefore, I will deliver him. I will set him securely on high because he has known my name. He will call upon me and I will answer him. Hallelujah. Are you with me today? He will call upon me and I will answer him, God says. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him with a long life. I will satisfy him and let him see my salvation. Can we just give God a big praise today for that? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, there's a lot of bad things in the world today. But God protects us. Come on. From the world. You know, the world is coming after Uh, you i don't know if you noticed or not but uh uh the world is broken and and one of the examples i always give is that you can tell it's broken because everything has a death spiral to it you know everything's dying your car is dying your house is getting older your body's not the same as it was a year ago come on anybody in the house right right uh, I mean, you, you make as much money as you can. It's never enough because the world keeps sucking up everything you got, right? That, that's just the way it is. And, and, and if you're not careful, the world will come after you. People will come after you. And I want you to hear me carefully today, especially those of you who are younger. Persecution is coming to the church, it's coming. We've been in a phase where, where the world has left us alone, and, and, and there's even been a, 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 a little bit of respect in the past for, for Christians and pastors and spiritual leaders in the church, but persecution's coming. The world is going against the word of God, and if you stand up for it, they're coming after you, but God will protect you. They came after Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And you know what they said? You know what? Put us in the fire. We'll die. We'll go to be with Jesus. It doesn't matter. We're going to go to be with God if we die. But God can deliver us from the fire. They threw Daniel in the lion's den. And you know what? He believed in God and wouldn't waver in his faith. And God shut the mouths of the lion. I came to tell somebody that the world can't get you when God's got you. Amen? Hallelujah. He will protect you from the enemy. Can I tell you something, child of God, the enemy ain't got nothing on you. He's only got one thing. If he can lie to you and make you believe a lie, that's it. You got it? If you just believe what God says, the enemy ain't got nothing on you. No chance. God will protect you from the enemy through his word. He says, I don't want you to be afraid. I don't want you to fear any evil. Do you know who my father is? Like when the enemy comes against me, you got to have some uh, fortitude, tenacity, some gumption to stand up and say, do you know who my father is? You don't want to mess with me. Come on. Come on. God will protect us, number one. Number two, God will provide for us. When you get on this side of the line, it's not up to you to provide for yourself. God becomes your provider. Come on, I want to read with you today. Matthew six twenty-five through 33. For this reason, I say to you, do not be worried about your life. 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 You know what? Do not be worried about your life. As to what you will eat or what you will drink or for your body, as to what you will wear, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. <laughs> That's good stuff. Hallelujah. Are you not worth much more than they? Woo! And who of you being worried can add a single hour to his life? And why are you worried about clothing? Observe the lilies of the field. They don't toil or spin, yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all of his glory clothed himself like one of these. Hallelujah. But if God so clothes the grass of the field which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. Do not worry then saying what we will we eat or will we drink or what will we wear for clothing for the for the Gentiles? The people who don't know God eagerly seek all these things for your heavenly father knows that you need these things. But if you seek first his kingdom, all these things will be added to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look, I got to be honest with you. It's it's not like flipping a switch. I can't say to you, uh, uh, do not be worried about your life. And all of a sudden you flip a switch and never worry. It doesn't work that way, and it's because our minds aren't, aren't perfect yet, and so it's, the word's got to continue to be planted into our hearts over and over. We have to hear this over and over again and believe it, and there are times when the bills come due, and maybe you don't know how you're going to pay them, or maybe school supplies are coming up, or the car broke down, and you start to worry, and you try to put the burden upon yourself. Come on. It's not that God expects you to sit around and do nothing. His children aren't lazy. It's that when you put the burden, the responsibility on you and you don't trust God, you're missing what God has for you on this side of the line. Don't worry about it. Seek the kingdom of God, and all these other things are going to take care of themselves. Harold, you know, there's times when I thought God had to do this. He had to fix my car. What was I going to do? And He didn't fix my car. And you know what? I didn't die. And, and I survived, and I'm here today. God doesn't always meet the need the way you want him to meet the need. Mm. But you're still here, amen? And you know what? If I would have died, I'd just be with Jesus right now because I can't lose, can I? I'm on this side of the line over here, amen? God will provide for us. Jesus said, when you pray, ask God for daily bread. Ask him for daily Don't ask him for a storehouse. You know why? God uh, God doesn't want you trusting in the storehouse that you have. He wants you trusting in him today and tomorrow and the next day and the next day. Now, I'm not against saving money. I'm not against having extra if you have it. That's okay. That's fine. But we must learn to not trust in our abilities, our 401K, our savings, our family inheritance. We must trust in God to provide. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Not only that, 2 Corinthians 9. Let me read this. Watch this. This is important. If you're going to receive provision for your life, you got to get this. This is important. 2 Corinthians nine ten through 12. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in everything for all liberality. Let me say that again. I said that fast. You might have missed it you will be enriched in everything for all liberality, which through us is producing thanksgiving to God. God's going to take care of you, and it's going to produce thanks in you. Are you catching this? For the ministry of this service is not only fully supplying the needs of the saints, but it's also overflowing through many. Hallelujah. Are you getting this? Oh, listen. God gives us seed to help us provide for ourselves and every time you get a paycheck part of that is seed and the problem is christians eat the whole fruit and seed and everything you ever known somebody that don't spit out the seed when they eat watermelon they just mats back there i'm just wondering how that ever comes out i don't want to i don't want to get into the details but i'm just uh i just don't want to you understand what i'm saying this morning uh Uh, A lot of people like they get the fruit, the blessing, the paycheck. And instead of planting a seed for a harvest, they just eat the whole thing and consume it upon themselves. And then they wonder why there's no harvest. Well, it's God has provided seed for you, sower, and he wants you to sow some seed. And that's how he plans on taking care of you. Amen. Come on. But you got to trust that when you're on the father's side, he's going to provide. Hallelujah. He's going to provide. He protects us. He provides for us. And, and number three, finally this morning, this is the best of all. He is with us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He is with us. Matthew twenty eight twenty. Jesus says, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even till the end of the age. Now, if you've ever felt alone, child of God, no. That how you feel doesn't determine whether God's with you or not. His word does. And his word says he is with you. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. He is with you. And because he's with you, there are some things that you receive from his presence. One is his guidance. You ever felt lost, didn't know what to do, what decision to make? And you just felt like you didn't know what the future held. Well, Psalms 37, 23 says the steps of a man are established by the Lord and he delights in his ways. When he falls, he will not be hurled headlong because the Lord is the one who holds his hand. Can I tell you something, child of God? Even when you don't know it, God is leading you by the hand. Come on. And God is so good about even if we get off the path and we get going in the wrong direction, God will grab us and he'll pull us back where we need to be. And some of you who are stubborn, he might even kick you in the britches all the way there to get you where you need to be. But he loves you enough to not leave you where you shouldn't be. Come on. And maybe today you've gotten off course or you don't know where you're going and you're confused about life. I want you to know God can get you where you need to go from anywhere. Just place your faith in him and trust him daily. The Father's presence gives us guidance for our life and it gives us help. First Peter 5, 7, cast all your cares or anxiety on him because he cares for you. Hallelujah. God wants you to throw your burdens on him. I got to confess to you, this week I had so much burden on me for things that needed to be done and and people's lives and stuff. And if you're not careful, you can take on the burden. And I had to get alone with God and find some time in prayer and just submit stuff to him. I just had to just release stuff to him. I had to release uh money and finances and decisions and people and church and and family and things. I just had to say God, I just this is yours now. I, I'm not holding on to this. It's up to you. And I had to just continue to to give it to him and and that's what he wants from you. Come on. You know, if my children uh, have a need and, and I can meet it, I want them to let me help them. Amen. That's what moms and dads are for and, and trying to help them when they need it. And, and, you know, God wants to do the same for you. But the difference between this father and that father is there's a limit to what this father can do. And there's no limit to what my heavenly father can do. Amen. Why are you carrying that? Ask God for help. Why are you worried about it? Ask God for help. Put it in his hands. And, and when you try to take it back up again and you get in the flesh and start worrying, catch yourself and say, nope, I'm not holding on to that. I'm letting go of that. And I'm giving that to the Lord. I cast, I just throw all my anxieties and my burdens upon him because I know he loves me. The Father's presence gives us guidance and help and, and it gives us peace. Man, in this world, don't we need peace? I mean, it seems like the world is going 190 miles an hour and our brains and life is just coming at us and, and difficulties and, and problems are, are, are always there and it seems like you get past one thing and something else comes along and it's almost like you can't juggle all the things that are happening and, and if you're not careful, life will suck the peace right out of your life. Listen, in my home, peace reigns because I insist upon it. We don't have dramatic arguments and yelling and, and fights and screaming and the cops being called out. And if you ever come to visit me, you're not going to do that either. Or you're going to be gone too. Because in my home, peace reigns. Hallelujah. Doesn't mean we always agree. Doesn't mean we can't have discussions. And, and, and But it does mean that peace reigns because I need peace in my life. Peace that comes from God. Philippians 4, 4 through 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I will say it, rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. Some people have let their aggressive spirit be known to all men. Some people have let their angry spirit be known to all men. And they see you coming down the hallway and they take a turn into a room <laughs> till you walk by because they don't want to talk to you aggressive spirit because maybe there's a lack of peace. And, and, and in Philippians, uh, uh, the writer is telling the church, hey, let your gentle spirit be known to all because the Lord is near. How did you get that? Why can you be at peace? Not because everything's wonderful and everything's good and life is wonderful there's plenty of money in the bank and your husband's being good and doing the laundry and and you're feeling healthy and, oh, everything's wonderful, I can be at peace. No, you can be at peace because the Lord is near. Come on, somebody. The Lord is near, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Harold has said this scripture so many times, it's been impounded in my spirit, and when I read it, I hear it in his voice. That's, I just love that, because that's what I need. I need to hear this over and over again. And if you do that, the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your heart and your mind's In Christ Jesus hallelujah God will give you that peace that doesn't make any sense hallelujah and that's what you need how can you be at peace how can you feel like everything is gonna turn out okay look at the circumstances Look at what's going on around you. Look at the storm around you and be afraid. And all the while you're in the boat laid back with Jesus, just crashing out going, you know what? The Lord is near. The Lord is near. The Lord is near. The Lord is near. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Finally today, the Father's presence gives us love. I'm going to talk about this more next week, but I want you to know something that, Everything begins with letting God love you. Just letting God love you. Just uh, accepting the fact that he loves you and does stuff for you and wants to take care of you. Matthew chapter 10, 29 and 30. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny and yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father? But the very hairs of your head are numbered. Don't you realize you are worth more? than many sparrows god you. if god sees the sparrow that falls to the ground he knows what's going on with you if he's got your tears bottled and the hairs of your head numbered come on if you could talk to god he would tell you stephen when you combed your hair you lost hair number three thousand four hundred seventy eight three thousand four hundred seventy two three thousand eight hundred ninety seven is is on the floor in your bathroom Uh, 8,922 is uh, in your comb he has your hairs numbered he is intensely concerned about your life he's got his eye on you and he knows and sees he sees the sparrow when he falls and he sees you Amen. God loves you that much I mean he's just infatuated with you and he wants to be involved in your life he wants to love you and show his love to you and he loves it when his children bathe in his love. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So how do you receive it? If all the father owns already belongs to us, how do we receive it? And you got to think in terms of a, uh, a child and a father's relationship. You know, all that the father has like belongs to the children, but the father is still in control of it. Right. And, and he gives it out as he sees fit. And so what does the Bible tell us to do? Well, it tells us in Mark eleven twenty four that when we have a need, ask. Jesus said this, therefore, so, therefore, I say to you, all things for which you pray and ask, believe that you have received them and they will be granted to you. Did you catch that? You've got to ask. The Bible says you don't have things because you didn't ask. Come on. If you ask, you got to ask not only ask, but you got to ask in faith. Come on, have you ever asked somebody for something that you knew they wasn't going to give you anyway? You ever started and say, well, do you think you could get... Well, never mind, you ain't going to do it anyway. That's how some people pray. It's like, God, you think you could... Uh, yeah. You know what? If you don't believe that it's already yours, you won't receive it. But Jesus said, if you pray and ask with faith and believe that it's already yours, once again, you're not on this side of the line... Without things, asking somebody who has it to give it to you. You're on this side of the line, uh, asking in faith through your Father to give you what's already yours. Come on. Come on. Are you catching this today? We ask in faith, and then we got to do this. we got to let God answer. You know what? Sometimes God says yes. Sometimes he says not now. Sometimes God says no. Sometimes God says no because we pray amiss, the Bible says. In other words, we ask God for things that's in the flesh. God, give me a million dollars. And God's saying, no, if I gave you a million dollars, you'd quit serving me and praying to me. And all of a sudden, you wouldn't even love me anymore. You trust in your money and you think you're better than everybody else. No, I'm not giving you a million dollars, son. Come on. He loves you too much to give you a million dollars. Sometimes God says, you're not ready for a million dollars, but I'm working on you. And maybe maybe someday, hallelujah, just just trust me and and let me do my work in you. Maybe someday God will give you a million dollars. Everybody's got a smile on their face now, don't they? Come on. Listen, but when we ask in faith, we've got to believe and we've got to trust the Father to distribute the gifts as he sees fit when we need them. Because like I said, sometimes we think we need $100, but we really don't. What we need is maybe to go through uh, some things that will teach us some lessons that we need to learn. And that's way better than $100. Come on. Are you with me today? God knows what's best. That's why Jesus said, don't think about it. Don't worry about it. Just let your heavenly father provide for you. We ask in faith and we let God answer because we know he's God and he loves us. Amen. Amen. And if you trust him, you got to let God do what God wants to do. Can I tell you something? It's not always easy, but I trust God with my health. I trust God with my life. I trust God with my money. I trust him with my finances. I trust him to clothe me and feed me. I trust him to provide for me. I'm blessed now because i got a car that runs well, but I'll drive whatever God puts in my possession. Amen? And I'm not begging on some street corner for it. I'm not asking in the spirit, oh, God, could you please, 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 oh, God, if you could please. I don't ask from a position of I don't have it. Would you please feel sorry for me and and maybe give me a handout? No, I'm over here. I live with the Father. I am in Christ. All he has is mine. Hallelujah. And I live in that and I trust that. Hallelujah. So today, if you need something from God, if you need God to move in your life, if you want to ask your father for something, I want you to stand right now.